Hello and welcome back for another session of Pharmacy Knowledge. Today I thought I'd try to cover how to think about legal type questions. The first thing I want to say is that this is about how to approach things pragmatically and how to approach things from first principles. If you're making decisions in this area, you also need to know about the actual law, which you'll need to look elsewhere for. This isn't the place for that. The second thing I'll say is that you shouldn't take this as a free pass to throw all the rules out the window. The rules are there for a good reason, and just because you'd be legally allowed to do something doesn't mean it's the right thing to do. However, hopefully it'll give you some ideas to help you start thinking about these questions and gives you some confidence to have a think about these things first before going to find someone big and important to help you make the judgement call. Because at some point you might be that big and important person and it's always good to have a practice first. And if you are already that big and important person, it's always good to have a refresher. So let's get started. So what question are we going to work with? Well, a child is admitted to a hospital with COVID symptoms, so is given a side room. One parent is allowed to stay with them, but they aren't allowed to keep going on and off the ward. However, they have a supervised administration methadone prescription at a local pharmacy that they need each day, which they now can't go and collect. How can we help the parent? With these questions, the first step is to work out what the perceived barriers are, then have a look to see which of them can be lessened most effectively. So what are the barriers? Well, there's quite a few. The parent can't go over without methadone for the duration of their stay. I think that's a given. The parent can't leave the ward to collect themselves. Because it's directly supervised, a relative can't collect for them and deliver to the ward. We can't prescribe for them because they aren't a patient at the hospital. And even if they were, paediatric doctors can't prescribe for adult patients. The parent can't keep methadone for themselves on the ward without it going to the CD cupboard. And the ward can't give methadone, either ours or a patient's own, if it isn't prescribed. There's loads of barriers there. So what are we going to do? So to tackle this in some sort of order, the next step could be to work out what are the patient-related problems, as this is what you're trying to fix. It's also helpful to warm up with these, as they aren't actually legal questions. It's about judgement and what's right for the patient, so you don't need to break out any specialist knowledge. They're also pretty much always the ones that there isn't a workaround, they're your non-negotiables. So for this one, they're that the parent must have their methadone, and they also must not leave the ward. The endpoint you're aiming for is therefore for the parent staying on the ward and getting their methadone. So how do you get there? So then, the question is, which of these legal barriers, the legal statements, are absolutely true? It's actually very few of them, though because we've been brought up to think they are absolutes, it's sometimes difficult to see this. A potential trick is to chuck normally at the start. So normally, we can't prescribe for them because they aren't a patient at the hospital. And then you can consider why your scenario might not be normal and whether a deviation from the norms is proportionate. But we'll come back to this later. The first bit is to ask which are absolutely true. So starting at the beginning, because it's directly supervised, a relative can't collect for them and deliver to the ward. Now, this is probably easier to treat as being legally true. It isn't actually a legal requirement, but there are very complicated rules about what you can and can't do with a methadone prescription in community, so it's easier to think of it as a legal certainty. Also, on a practical level, several methadone users can be in vulnerable situations with relatives. If you could get someone to collect, are you confident that it will make it to the patient? If the patient says they have no one to collect, it's probably best to believe them. So the next one is, we can't prescribe for them because they aren't a patient of the hospital. So to cut through the complexity of finding this in the law, because searching for something you don't think is there is a thankless task, try to think of a positive example that will disprove it. A doctor can write a private prescription, so clearly the legal prescribing by a doctor isn't limited to patients at the hospital. 
This one feels a lot like it's a hospital policy rather than the law. Also, they're in the hospital, so whilst they're not be admitted, there could be an argument that they are under our care, although there's also an argument that they aren't. They're not admitted on the hospital system, but we could probably argue that they could still be a patient under the business of the hospital. The next one is that paediatric doctors can't prescribe for adult patients. Again, this is unlikely to be law. A doctor doesn't qualify within a speciality, otherwise we couldn't have rotating junior doctor posts. However, they should prescribe within their competence. So the question is changed to, is prescribing methadone for an adult within the competence of a doctor currently specialising in paediatrics? I think an argument could be made that it is. The next one is the parent can't keep methadone for themselves on the ward without it going into the CD cupboard. This one's a bit more difficult to find a counterexample to, but when it's been given to a patient with a valid prescription, it's legal for them to possess it. There's hospital rules about making sure the environment is safe, but there's no explicit law to say a patient can't hold their own medicines in a hospital. That would be alarmingly specific for legislation. And the last one is, the ward can't give methadone, either ours or a patient's own, if it isn't prescribed. Now this is actually technically true. You can't supply a CD to a patient without it being prescribed. However, if you're using the patient's own, then that has been prescribed by the GP, not the hospital team, but still. So legally, we probably can't give the patient stuff from our stock, but we could probably store their own stuff securely and let them have it back when needed. So we've mulled over the barriers and worked out that they aren't all absolute barriers, and by looking for counterexamples, we've not even had to open up legislation. Winner! However, lots of what we could do will be against trust policy or best practice. So the next question is, what bending of the rules would be proportionate to the problem? The important thing about this step is not to compare your chosen option to the do-nothing scenario, but rather to the next best option scenario. For example, you shouldn't be trying to work out if a paediatric doctor prescribing for an adult is a proportionate response to the patient not getting methadone, but rather is a paediatric doctor prescribing for an adult a proportionate response to having to get an adult doctor to come to the ward to prescribe. So for this one, let's start at the beginning. Is it proportionate to deviate from the norm of collecting from the community pharmacy? Probably not. This is close to an impossible ask. Let's work on the basis that we'll be supplying the methadone. So the next question that leads on is, is it proportionate to not get it prescribed in the trust but still administer using our own stock? This is as close to a legal no as you get. If you're not using your own methadone, we'd be supplying a CD without an order, which is a bad thing. You could always break the law, but it seems disproportionate to the problem of getting a prescriber to prescribe. This then gets rid of the questions of the ward not being able to give methadone if it isn't prescribed, because we've decided it's not proportionate to not get it prescribed. And the patient can't keep methadone for themselves on the ward without it going in the CD cupboard, because they can't get their own methadone. Therefore, we get to the trickier questions now. We can't prescribe for them because they aren't a patient of the hospital, and a paediatric doctor can't prescribe for an adult. We could make them an official patient of the hospital by admitting them on the hospital system, and we could ask an adult doctor to visit the ward, but how would that be done? We'd need to ask the ward. If it's complicated for them, would we have to send them to A&E to register? It seems excessive, and involving movement of people around the place in Covid times. Does it feel proportionate in comparison to say the parent is under our care by being on the ward, and that a paediatric doctor, if they feel competent, would be okay to prescribe? Potentially. So working through, we've come to the conclusion that we should prescribe for the parent by some means, ideally by admitting them and getting an adult doctor to prescribe. But if this isn't simple, by a paediatric doctor prescribing whilst they're under our care on the ward. 
Note that the answer would be different if the patient had their methadone with them. If they had, the question of whether it needs to be prescribed changes, as it's been prescribed already by the GP. So then it would be whether it was proportionate for the ward to manage a parent CD on their behalf. We end up in a very different place with a different answer. Then the last step is to safety net your answer. The problem with legal questions is often that they could set a precedent. If we say it's okay to prescribe for a patient in this scenario, will the ward team then run with it and start prescribing for all parents because it's easier? How can you emphasise that this is an exception and shouldn't develop into routine practice? You'll then also need to document what you've said somewhere so that when the inevitable questions are asked, you can justify your thought processes and decisions. And that's it. Hopefully, by working through this example, we've given you something to think about and given you a potential structure to use. So when thinking about legal questions, you could think about what are the perceived barriers? What are the patient-related problems? And then drill down into it. What are legal barriers and what's best practice? And one way to think about this is to look for counterexamples. If you can do something in a different scenario, it's probably not a legal barrier. It's probably best practice or policy, which are more flexible. You can then think about what actions would be proportionate to solving a problem. And then whatever advice you give, make sure that you safety net it and you also document what you've done because these things do tend to crop up again. And most importantly, don't do this on your own. If you can, ask for help. This one is for developing skills and ways of thinking, not trying to promote anarchy in the NHS.